Hey everybody, welcome to Broke Box Office. How are you doing today? Uh, uh, this is Luke here. Hey, and this is Zach. And today we are talking about the 1980 uh, slasher film, Effects. Yes, 1980 or 1979 or yeah. 2005, like who, <laughs> who <Yeah>. knows? <laughs> we'll get into that. This is There's some complicated things in the release of this film. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, this is a, a, a fun one. It's a bit of a, like, we, like Zach mentioned at the end of the last episode, it's a bit of a return form for us. Uh, yeah, it's a very heavy. Genre I also film. mentioned that it was a slasher, and and it is not that. <laughs> yeah, it's called that all over the internet on you know Google and Wikipedia and everything, but it's really it's really not. Yeah, although I think I enjoyed it more so than our last slasher that wasn't really a slasher. The uh, I don't even remember what that one was called with the kid and his mom slash aunt. Oh, uh, Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Yes, yeah. Such a good title for <laughs> not that great of a movie. Uh, right? Yeah, but anyway, Anyways. I'll go ahead and hop in if you want. Yes. With the actors. Um, <laughs> we have a real treat. Oh, yeah. I'll go ahead and say right up top, fucking uh, Tom Savini is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, who, if you're not familiar, is a kind of legend in the horror sphere, uh, both as an actor and also a special effects and makeup artist. Yeah. I, I was looking him up too for my segment and I, yeah. I didn't realize he had so many acting credits. I thought he just did like cameo stuff, but he yeah. just is a like full-time actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's really well known for, um, I mean, he was in makeup department for a lot of the, you know, real true old school slasher stuff like the Friday the 13th movies and uh, mm -hmm. the Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead, um, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and he's in this. He's not one of the main characters. He's just uh, kind of in it. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't even I didn't even recognize him during the movie. I don't know about oh, you. Oh, really? But... Yeah, I, I did. No. And I think I had seen that he yeah. was in it like before watching it. So I was looking out for him. Okay. Um, did you ever watch... Uh uh from dusk till dawn no i've never seen that Ooh, you should watch that don't look up anything okay. about it just watch it he's in it <laughs> okay i'll check that out um so yeah he's in this um another thing that i think and this is just uh, an example of one of the things i've really enjoyed about this podcast is you get insane stuff like this so the lead in this movie is joseph Pilato. Uh, yeah, man. Does that name ring a bell to you, Zach? Yes, it does. And I recognized him in the movie too. <laughs> I just talked about him on this podcast uh, two weeks ago because he is the voice of Metal Greymon in the Digimon movie and the Digimon TV series. Holy fuck. He, what? He is Wait the voice of Metal Greymon. <laughs> This is the guy. Oh we were, my god! We were covering Digimon, and I said, "Oh, and there's this weird guy, and he's in Day of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead and Pulp Fiction and stuff." And he voices oh, Metal Greymon. I must have not pieced it together. Yeah, then. I didn't. Holy <laughs> shit! As soon as I scrolled down, I, I, I knew his face more so than I knew his name okay. in the movie. But holy fuck, he was in the Digimon. Movie. Yeah, dude. As soon as I scrolled down mm. to him on IMDb, I was like, that 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 headshot it looks familiar and then i was like oh this that is that is so strange yeah 
So that's just a really wild bit of serendipity for you guys oh today. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I mean, like, Crazy. yeah, I'm, I mainly remember him getting torn apart in in Day of the Dead. Yeah. But Jesus. Yeah. He played a Digimon. He sure did. <laughs> wow. Um, so that's him. Um, our other leads, uh, I would say at least we have Susan Chapek or Chapek who plays Celeste. Mm -hmm. Um, and she only has six credits, so she's not, um, uh, and the last one was in, you know, 1995. So she has moved on from the industry. She is no longer working. I don't recognize any of the credits, but you know, she was in a movie called house guest with Sinbad and Phil Hartman. Um, (laughs) Oh boy. Wow. She was in a movie called Lorenzo's Oil with Nick Nolte and Susan Sarandon. So, like, wow. she was in a couple movies, but. <laughs> that name sounds much. familiar. I know I've never seen it, but I feel like I've heard reference to that movie on, like, a TV show or something. Like, Lorenzo's Oil. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, that's her. Um, I hope she's doing well with whatever she's doing these days. Uh, and then I would say, I guess, kind of the third lead is. Uh, the guy who plays Lacey, his name is John Harrison. Right, yes. He is also a super interesting guy in that he is primarily not an actor. He is a director mm-hmm. and a writer. Yeah. He And a composer. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he He's uh, part of the creep show kind of world. He directed and wrote um, some of the original creep show stuff and tales from the crypt and tales from the dark side and mm-hmm. a bunch of this just kind of, uh, episodic, uh, stuff like that. And then, you know, the revival of creep show, he was involved in that too, which is cool. Yeah. One little fun, uh, kind of offshoot of that is that he was the writer of the 2000 Disney movie dinosaur. Yeah, dude, I saw that too. Yeah, <laughs> that's so fucking weird. Yeah, they would drop that in along with all this horror stuff. Yep. So that's John Harrison. Super weird. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody else. I mean, we have honestly the other probably most established or most storied actor is going to be this guy named Charles Hoyes who plays uh, Lobo. Okay. Um, he has he has you know 66 credits he's in uh his known for section on imdb is like field of dreams space jam southpaw oh wow um okay yeah so he's been in some cool stuff um the guy what about um sorry yeah the the i don't i don't have anyone's name taken down i just have their jobs like the main actor of the movie yeah that was yeah that was the next who is just about to talk about um he's interesting because he's actually uh british yeah he um, which is weird he's he's scottish okay he reminded me so much of like a young donald sutherland mm. which i don't know yeah. if you've seen like you know uh uh don't look now or um invasion of the body snatchers like era donald sutherland Mm-mm. just like the, his whole vibe <laughs> <laughs> um no but he's it's interesting that he it seems to not be primarily an actor either he's primarily a writer he's written for hmm. a bunch of uh british sitcoms and stuff okay uh he also was he was in uh life of brian monty python oh wow um so nice yeah i don't know how he came to be involved with this production because 
literally just about everything else on his IMDb is just British stuff. <laughs> so it's interesting. I have no idea how he how this happened. Yeah. And, and it also seems like everyone else sort of like worked on a lot of the other same stuff, too. Yeah. And then they get this guy out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, I guess to talk about just to speak about the last, I guess, really significant character is going to be uh, Deborah Gordon, who plays Rita, who is like mm-hmm. the actress. Um, she has a really weird filmography that I can't really figure out because she has a credit in 2018. Hmm. Uh, it's a short film, but she only has how many does she have? She has 14 credits overall. OK. And they're just. Like these are the years of her credits. She her first is in she's a featured zombie in both Dawn and Day of the Dead. Okay. Which is cool. But it's like it goes 78, 79, 83, 83, 85, 88, 89, 91, 2002, 2008, <laughs> 2009, 2013, 2014, 2018. Hmm. So like I don't I don't know what else she does because you know that clearly is not a full-time job acting with you know that kind of frequency but she's but yeah she still does it to some degree so like i don't know what she what else she's doing but she's still working and that's cool and so good for her i guess um yeah uh and that's it uh with the main cast nice everybody else is just like side characters so yeah yeah i like barely even remember any other one else um yeah yeah, so uh, I can talk about my folks here. I like was able to look at the Wikipedia page, which usually these movies don't have one. Right. But this one is such, I think, such a strange production that it does. And it's so tangentially related to like much bigger stuff. Right. Um, where you have the three. It's it said it was basically the the like production of three guys. It was being Dusty Nelson, Pascal Buba, and then John Harrison, who you mentioned. Right. Apparently they all I'm just like reading from the Wikipedia. They all met while working at a TV station in Pittsburgh and then later apprenticed under George Romero on a movie called Martin in 1978. Okay. And then were inspired by that film to make this one. And I mentioned that only because George Romero's fingerprints are kind of all over the crew here. Yeah. Like most of the people I'm about to talk about have worked with him in one way or another. And I feel like it it's sort of, you know, you can see his influence on the film itself as well, which yeah, it's kind of interesting. I don't know. It's, it's fun to sort of see these guys like get experience with that and then use it to make their own thing, which is, you know, sort of their own thing, but also you can really see where they learned how to make movies from. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, you could see it in the actors too, even, you know, so yeah. many of the people I just mentioned were in both Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, we've got uh, written and directed by Dusty Nelson he didn't do a whole lot. He directed an episode of Tales from the Dark Side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also worked on yep. some episodes of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood in the mid-70s. So hmm. that's weird. That's um, weird. <laughs> the other writing credit is is based on a novel, I guess, by a guy named William H. Mooney, who I couldn't find any real information on, except that he wrote another novel that was like 10 years later than this made into another movie called donor unknown. And that was directed by John Harrison from this movie. So maybe Hmm. he's just like one of their friends who like writes books and then they're like, yeah, let's use that for a movie. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like it. Um, 
produced and music by John Harrison, who, as you said, also acted in it. And also I saw did the bass guitar and keyboards. <laughs> uh, so he did a lot of stuff, which is kind of funny because, you know, in the movie, he plays the director who is also right. the sound guy of right. the movie that he's making. And I was like, that seems unrealistic, but, you know, maybe not. <laughs> um I also you didn't mention it, but he directed a couple episodes of Leverage. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. Oh, I forgot about that show. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So did I until one of the main actors was in The Invisible Man. Oh, my God. I got to see um, that. Yeah. Produced, edited and sound by Pascal Buba. Mainly seems like he got into editing. After this, he did a segment on Creep Show. He was the editor for Day of the Dead, Monkey Shines, some Tales of the Crypt, and Heat. And I was like, huh. how did he get that job? Yeah, what Like, the holy hell? shit. <laughs> I mean, you know, people, people, I guess someone liked his work. Yeah. And the editing is like, you know, pretty interesting in this movie, I feel like. We can yeah. talk about it, when, uh, you know, when we talk about it, but it's it's very strangely edited movie, I feel like. So maybe that's, maybe he like make a name for himself off that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Cinematography. There's two cinematographers listed, which is kind of interesting. And it's also kind of interesting because they have very similar careers because the first one is a guy named Carl Augenstein who worked as a lighting technician on Dawn of the Dead and then a gaffer on a movie called Night Riders and then did nothing else really. And the other cinematographer is a woman named Tony Simple, who worked as an electrician on Nightmare on Elm Street and a movie called Night Flyers, and then didn't do much else. Huh. So they both have huge credits, and then this movie, and then Night something, and then not really anything else. That is so bizarre. This movie is such like a weird collision of people who were tangentially related to, you know, legendary horror slasher stuff mm -hmm. and then somehow this movie happened like it, yeah. it's very strange they just all came together i guess like yeah you know doing from doing smaller things on larger films they must have met each other there and then yeah you know um i have listed tom savini here which you already mentioned he did the effects here um yeah i mean you you covered his career basically yeah. uh associate director zilla clinton who is my spotlight for this time. Okay. Because I don't know why she's credited as associate director and not like assistant director. Like I'm not, right. I'm not sure what the difference is there. Right. Uh, and also because I like the name Zilla Clinton. I'm assuming that's a woman. That sounds like a more so like a woman's name. You wouldn't you say? I would say so if I had to guess. Yeah. Yeah. I should have looked that up. But in any case, <laughs> this person, Zilla Clinton, uh, was the production manager for Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead and Night Riders, which I've have already mentioned. Uh -huh. But she was also a producer on a few things, including a little documentary called The Making of the Little Mermaid, Whoa. which I think is like I mentioned before, one of those like behind the scenes doc things what? for that movie. And then also she produced and directed a little cartoon called Goofy's Guide to Success you know what with goofy from disney and like <laughs> okay why how what is going on that here? is so strange yeah and it's not like this is part of a larger career like these are yeah. most of her credits that i've just mentioned and <laughs> just you know bouncing around to all kinds of weird stuff that's so bizarre because i always imagine 
the world of Disney, like production wise, being pretty insular. Yeah, you'd think so. I, I, it's hard to imagine them bringing like, hey, here's this random, uh, you know, uh, professional from a horror background. Let's bring them mm-hmm. in to do this like animated yeah, short. That, that seems especially. so weird. Oh well, I mean, good for them, I guess. Yeah, good for her. Um, and then That's I nuts. I was gonna talk about the production company just real quick. Yeah, I know I usually don't mention other credits, but this one is kind of interesting because I think it is, it's called ImageWorks. So obviously, I'm not able to find any like info about it but i if you click on it on imdb you can go to like the the linked page of like things that it's credited for on imdb right um and i think it when i when i was reading that the you know the three guys who made the movie came together and like made a company to make the movie so maybe this is that company um but there's not a lot going on there there's it's mostly shorts and then video games listed which is is huh. odd. That is really uh, weird. Including the, the Back to the Future two and Predator two video games, but also some original games in you know like the early nineties. Uh, like, and I was like, is it the same? Is it these guys making these games? Like, what, how did they go from like you know making B horror movies to be like mm, maybe I'll make video games also? Yeah, or that's did so they, weird. Like, license it out to people or. Maybe it's a different company named ImageWorks that just got merged together on IMDb. I don't know. Yeah, it could be a mistake. Very odd. Like there can't be that much in common between you know producing a film and producing a video game. I imagine they're pretty different jobs. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like the actors where we're like, oh, and then they did some video game work because like, right? You know, it's a lot of the same stuff involved there. Right. Like, you know, did they hire a bunch of programmers? And I don't know. Hmm. Um. So I I don't think they really are caring about this movie as far as YouTube goes. But right, it has been. I guess now we can talk about the weird release of the movie. Yeah. It yeah. was shot in I think it said 1978. Yep. And then it had like a festival release in 1979, and then like a very limited release in 1980, and then no home release until 2005. Yeah. And. That was when a company called Synapse Films put out a DVD. And then in 2017, a Blu-ray was put out by the American Genre Film Archive. And then in 2019, another DVD was put out by someone called Frolic Pictures. And all of these different people putting out editions makes me sort of wonder if there's if this is a movie where like the rights are sort of like either easy to get or like have run out or like I'm not sure like right that sort of points me in the direction of like maybe it is easier than a regular movie to like just kind of get a copy of this movie and like release it yourself like somehow i don't know yeah um but i i also was sort of i looked at the youtube channel that uploaded it because it was a very i thought you know good quality upload as far as these things go yeah it's pretty good the channel has a bunch of movies uploaded and they also in their about section on their YouTube channel, they have a whole paragraph about fair use and like, hmm. you know, so I think they, you know, maybe more than just some like, you know, whoever like, hey, I ripped this movie and uploaded it. I think maybe they have like a practice that they go through to like make sure that they can keep their films up on their YouTube channel. I don't know. That's really interesting. Um, I don't know if we've I don't know if we've run across something that was so thoughtfully done. I know. Right. I was going to say it seems like a much more professional operation than we usually <laughs> like run across yeah 
so I'll, yeah. I'll be I mean, I can you know, the channel is called out there movies. I would recommend that channel if you're interested in like, you know, we'll probably return to them at some point in the future. Yeah, I imagine we will. Um, but yeah, that went on longer than I intended. But well, cool. Let's get going. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. There, there's a lot of really interesting stuff regarding this movie. And, and you know, like I was just saying about the the weird ties that it has to, uh, you know, the real OGs in the slasher genre. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this thing happened. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's get into it, I guess. Um, yes. I would say uh, right from the beginning, I guess, I would say I was a little lost some of the time. Yeah. Uh, in this uh, more so more so than usual, um, especially in the first and second acts, and I wasn't really enjoying it that much because of it. Mm-hmm. But the end is fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, we'll I get there. But yeah, that my that's my kind of general impression of the film mm-hmm. uh, on a whole. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think the the two things that make it a little difficult are. It's a movie where they are making a movie yep. and they, a lot of times they'll drop you into a scene and then reveal that it does a scene within the movie that they're shooting. Yep. And also a lot of the times you can't really make out people's faces. So you don't really know it's who you're so looking dark. At. Oh, it's so dark. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean, you know, it starts out with yep. obvious, you know, we're dropped into a scene of the movie that's being shot and we see the title I don't remember how we see this title, but the name of the movie that is being shot is Duped Colon the Snuff Movie. Yeah. Which oh no, wait, okay, yeah. I'm 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 remembering now because they don't reveal this stuff till later. You you see like people in an editing bay. Uh and that's where you see, you know, the name of the movie and you see mm-hmm. like people talking and you're like, what's going on here? And then it cuts to the movie that is being shot. Okay. Right, right. Yeah, there's like three levels almost, really. Yeah, we come to find out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we start with um. Oh, and and you know, if you're a fan of the podcast, you know I'm terrible with names, and I got to be honest, I got zero. I got zero names for this one mm-hmm. because it was very confusing. Yeah, I mean, all I have is uh, titles. So we start with <laughs> actress. Yeah. Yeah. And she's showering. Uh huh. Right off the bat. Yep. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> it's an '80s horror movie. Mm-hmm. I did notice she had a, a totally nerd reference because she had Han Solo's golden dice chain around her necklace. Oh, that's hilarious! I didn't notice that. Mm-hmm. Nice. The most important artifact from Star yeah. Wars lore. <laughs> 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 Anyways, so she, yeah. she she's showering. She gets out. Um, and at this point, we don't know yet that she's an actress. She's just a chick and she's showering. Right. She gets out um, and she there's actually a pretty decent jump scare right here at the very beginning. And it's kind of the only one in the whole movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's one of those like, you know, there's a medicine cabinet with a mirror on the front and she's standing in front of it with it open. She closes it. And then in the mirror's reflection, she sees like a creepy guy in the shower yeah like looking at her yeah um and she's like oh and she's startled but then kind of at the same time as that happens a guy that she ostensibly knows uh like pokes his head in the door of the room and starts just like talking to her 
Mm-hmm. So she kind of has to gloss over this. Yeah. Um, but it was a cool scare. I thought it was, yeah. it was fun. And I kind of liked the thing they did where, you know, the, the scare music happens when she sees him and it keeps going over the other guy talking. Yeah. To sort of, because she's not really paying attention to him yeah. either. And then like the music goes away and she's like, sorry, what? Can you repeat yourself? And I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. But I, I guess I wanted to talk about something here, I guess, right off the top. We see, you know, this is footage that is being shot for uh, some other movie that's being made. But we are seeing the edited version of that footage. Like, because the guy, she looks back and the guy's gone. And like, <laughs> and it's like. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. This happens later as well with, with the scene at the table <laughs> where it's like some very weird editing. Yeah. And and I'm not sure what's happening. <laughs> yeah, that one the scene at the table was very confusing for me. I was like, I don't mm-hmm. know what's real and what's not. Yeah. But yeah, like, I didn't I didn't really think about that. That's true. Yeah. I mean I have to like I assume that's what they're doing is like they're just like this is what yeah the movie will look like or does look like. I I don't I don't know. Yeah. Because we're not, you know, and it's not a thing of like an, we've had in the past where someone watching a movie on TV and we're just seeing that movie. Right. Because this is a movie right. that's still being shot. And right. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm thinking too much about. It. <laughs> no, I mean, you're you're right that like regardless of what was intended, the point of view of us as, you know, real life people watching this movie affects the movie affects mm-hmm. our our point of view is is confusing. Yes, our, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's the main point yeah. I, I think we should get across. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so she she's talking and the guy is like her husband or whatever. They're talking about like some party or whatever. And then he casually mentions something that will become kind of a running theme of the movie is that he's laid out some lines of coke in the bedroom and they're like, let's go do some of that. So much um, coke. And then we hear and cut. And you're like, oh, this was the movie. Right. And we kind of zoom out a little bit. And here I have the note. The director is also the boom op. Yeah, it's it's very clearly a kind of skeleton crew operation. There's only like three people involved, four people, five people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, they keep getting more people, it seems. Right. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre. We find out that they're also like living in the house that they're shooting it at. Yeah. Um, and honestly, my first reaction was like, this looks like so much fun. Like, I know, awesome. right? Like, I want to go you know shoot a, a little indie horror film in the in the like a cabin in the middle of the in the middle of the woods or something yeah, like so it was fun. cool it sounds fun do huge amounts of yeah. blow at the same time so much blow <laughs> so much blow so yeah um and then i don't know if anything else important happens in that scene yeah i mean we're introduced um, to our, our our main characters there's five of them yeah it's the two actors yeah. a man and a woman the director the cameraman and the gaffer and yeah i don't celeste i think is the name of the gaffer but other than that i don't know yeah i couldn't tell you the cameraman's name if you paid me i don't think they ever said it out loud and he's like the main character honestly yeah yeah um is this when the bar comes no there's a couple a couple more things before the bars we see that the the director has set up some hidden cameras behind one-way mirrors yes um and and this is your sort of like first indication that something sinister maybe is happening yeah um, i was confused about those i was wondering like are those known or not like i it's it's unclear right um but i guess that's kind of right. intentional you know mm-hmm. yeah they they sort of like lead you into it slowly um yeah. 
and then and then we get the bizarre table scene that we were talking about yes yeah which i don't even know how to describe really there it's just like it's the two actors and they're doing a scene again but there's a lot of really weird editing of like the woman starts to sort of freak out because the man starts like bleeding from the head Mm -hmm. but it's fake because they've also just shown us in the scene directly before this they're applying like a, a tube like to his forehead and covering it up with makeup. Yeah. And you know, like, okay, blood's going to come out of there. Yeah. So it's very confusing. Like, is she actually scared? What's actually happening here? Mm-hmm. But like, uh, it's it, not really of any consequence. So yeah. It, it, and I don't think it ever happens again. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. If, you know. I thought, I thought she was going to be much more important than she ends up being. Well, yeah, she doesn't end up being important. Pretty much. I at thought all. she was going to be the main character. <laughs> For a while, at least. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's uh, yeah, just a weird scene. It just kind of ends. And then we get a, a weird shot of the gaffer doing a monologue in front of the mirror that has the camera behind it. And then she sort of addresses the camera. Yeah. What the that indicates fuck? that she knows it's there. And that was in my head for a very long time. I was like, right. so how much does she know? Like what? Right. What is going on here? And it's revealed at the end. And it was still kind of surprising to me at the end. Mm-hmm. when they make that reveal it was to me too yeah because um, I, I hadn't forgotten about because it, when but, i thought yeah. back about it they yeah they and they pepper in little clues throughout the whole thing because mm-hmm. we've also already i believe when she like kind of introduces herself to the cameraman she's like oh like i'm an actor too yeah yeah um, oh, so we point. know right we know that she is an actor but that she's just gaffing on this particular movie yeah and um, does she say that she's worked with the director some before too, or am I, I don't remember. thinking of a different person? I'm not sure. Um, anyways, yeah, they now's yeah now's where they go out to the bar. Yeah, so there's a little scene in the bar. Uh, the, the gaffer and the camera guy are kind of getting to know each other, and they're flirting a little bit and having fun. Um, there's something absolutely bonkers that goes on in this scene, though. Where <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. if you noticed this, but the sound cuts with the camera, which is oh, fucking insane. Oh, yes. I didn't even know. Every time, <laughs> every time we switch camera angles, the sound, and I'm talking about like the ambient, like kind of bar noise sound mm-hmm. clips like oh, no. back and forth. And it's like, hey, just have the background tone. noise just be background noise. Yeah. It's so nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's very bad. It, yeah, maybe they were just using like a, a microphone on the camera the whole time. I mean, it kind of seems like that, yeah. Mm. I thought yeah. you were going to say something crazy happens is that Tom Savini shows up wearing an, one of those umbrella hats. He sure in does. In the club for no reason, I guess. <laughs> and he's just a real jackass. Yep, right nothing, away. Yeah, nothing really important happens here. He's just kind of a jackass, and he, he hits yeah. on the on Celeste, and then the camera guy gets in a fight with him, and then does it. Yeah, he punches out the camera guy and then the gaffer yeah. like does like a sidekick to him. Yeah. And then, yeah, like a whole bar fight starts. And yeah, we don't know yet, though, that Tom Savini is going to become a character. He just seems like just a random guy. Yeah, I thought it was going to be that thing of where like, you know, a, a famous person is in a movie for like a brief period of time and right. they put them really high up on the bill and they're like, oh, right. You know, Tom Savini's in this. <laughs> um but yeah, it and it doesn't seem like the characters know that he's going to be on the movie yet either. They don't. Yeah, they mentioned that. Because when he, when he shows up later, they're like, oh, no. 
Yeah, and he is too. He's like, listen, I didn't know you guys were working on this movie. No hard feelings, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but then he immediately is also like still annoying and an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yep. we, we get this was kind of a, a strange scene to me where it cuts to a shot of a foot getting sliced up with a razor. Yeah. And then you, you realize it's a prop and it's the director is like trying to see if the blood will come out good. And then they start cutting it up a bunch. And I was like, you guys are wasting this prop. Like yeah, that probably cost thought, a lot of money. I thought the same. Like, what thing. are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought the Getting same like thing. a realistic leg that will spurt blood. Come on. It's a good looking like leg too. I was like, what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird that, and this is, I don't know. I guess I can address here. Like what I was talking about earlier. It's just kind of confusing. I'm sort of like, why? There's there's a good number of scenes in this movie in the first half where I'm really unsure why we're seeing what we're seeing. Yeah. I don't know uh, what consequence it has or, you know, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. I feel, yeah. Like, I feel like the movie would almost be more successful if it wasn't marketed as a horror movie. Yeah. Because if you market it just as sort of like a, a like a, I don't know, maybe a comedy even, like of people making a movie. Yeah. And then you have that that turn at the end because as it is you're just kind of like waiting like okay okay so when is someone gonna die like when is yeah you know something bad gonna happen and and it takes a long time i i will say i wasn't like not enjoying myself the whole time but i was kind of like waiting like okay so yeah and then... yeah i feel like i've seen a bunch of movies about making movies where mm. there's just too many characters <laughs> well yeah that don't seem to have a point like yeah. there's always I don't know. Yeah, like uh, uh, Lobo. Who who's that guy? What is he doing? Yeah, like he's fucking... not here yet. He shows up eventually. No. He's the only person whose name I remember because it's Lobo. Because it's fucking Lobo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Anyways. it's confusing. It's it's kind of weird, but it's not entirely awful. We like we see another scene from the movie where the actress is like reaching in a hamper and something grabs her arm, and I was like, "What's going on?" And then they reveal that it's the movie. And I was still kind of like, okay, what the fuck is the movie that they're making about? That's a good point. I never thought about that, but it's no idea what their movie is. They reveal later that it's a a possession movie, he says. And I was like, that means nothing. Like, what what are you talking about? (laughs) He does say that. Yeah. But yeah, here's where Tom Savini shows up on set. And here's where I have the note that that actor looks like Donald Sutherland. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Oh, and here's where they break out the Coke for the first time. And the actor guy takes off his top hat that he's wearing. He's like, let's snort off of my top hat. Yep. And, and they're like playing cards or something. Just so weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this is the f- this is the first time where we see, or I guess the first time since like pre-credits, where we see like the kind of control room, right? Yeah. the director goes to do something that is vaguely described as like an audition or something. Right, some, right, some right. Some lady, yeah. some chick. Um, and we see uh, a bunch of people in a setting that sort of looks like, you know, like a security office with like a bunch of cameras mm-hmm. uh, and everybody's looking at them and they're watching this girl like do a like sexy dance or yeah. whatever. And so you're immediately like, okay, so something gross is going on. The director is sketchy. Whoever the, all these people are are sketchy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not feeling good about it. Yeah. And yeah, I now that I'm thinking about it, it it's sort of a, a Kevin in the Woods kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Where stuff is yeah. happening upstairs and then there's these people downstairs like watching everything and recording everything and stuff. Right. But yeah. As this is happening, the gaffer and the camera guy are sort of bonding over getting some inserts and the gaffer like the camera guy asked the gaffer, hey, how do you how do you know the director? Also, how did he get so rich? Or something like mm-hmm. that. And she's like, oh, yeah. he got he inherited a bunch of money when his parents died. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm seeing that, I'm like, why is what <laughs> does that? Yeah. If, I wonder if that like was a line supposed to affect the plot or your view of this guy at all. Or if it was just like, you know, just in case anyone's like, how's he making this movie? I mean, it seems like a very low budget movie. I don't know. I wouldn't have asked like, yeah, I didn't get the money that. for this. I don't have that question. <laughs> it's weird. It's it's. I don't know, and I don't want to belabor this too much, but there, there's so many of these Chekhov's guns in this movie of just unnecessary shit. Yeah, and if if you're if you're like a listener and you're unfamiliar with the concept of a the literary uh, filmic the, theatrical <laughs> concept of a Chekhov's gun, is mm-hmm. Anton Chekhov famously said, you know, if there's a gun on stage, it has to go off, uh, which basically means just like don't have extraneous shit that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and there's a bunch of that in here of just like, why are we seeing this? What effect does it really have on the plot? Mm-hmm. Um, and the next scene, I think, <laughs> is the perfect example of it because it's the most baffling. I forgot about it until I just now saw it yep, in my same. notes. We see the director is playing a Simon game, you know, the like Simon <laughs> Says game with the little lights that light up. Yeah, man. I, it's I was actually so like, weird. <laughs> I was actually talking about the the scene right before that where they go fishing because that also is like, why are we seeing this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that too. <laughs> you know, I forgot about that. Completely yeah, because it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, well, it does God. have a strange line where, you know, they catch it's it's the gaffer and this the camera guy. And, right. you know, they she catches a fish and he's like, we got to kill it. And she's like, what? You got to kill it? And he's like what do you like raw fish we could eat it like the japanese and that was weird for me because i was like when did sushi become like widely known in the west because i I had imagined it as like a relatively modern thing over here but i looked it up just because i was like oh that'd be funny yeah the first sushi shop in the u.s reportedly opened in 1906 damn that's so funny to imagine like people at the turn of the century like you want to go get some sushi sushi. (laughs) (laughs) the the other thing that's silly about that line is like sushi's raw but it's not fucking alive yeah you know yeah that's also true (laughs) you just have to kill the fucking fish (laughs) yeah and even if you didn't kill it you would be killing it as As you you eat eat. there's no way to eat something and then poop it out and it's still living Yeah, it's all around very silly scene. Mm. But, uh, but I guess yeah. it shows us like they're getting closer and they're getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. It's vaguely romantic. Yeah. And and yeah, and then the Simon scene happens and my brain, which is already like, what is going on? Is even it's more so, so like, weird. Why are we seeing this? I don't even remember what the rest of that scene was. I just remember him playing the Simon game. Yeah, I think it's someone calling him down. What else did he do? To the editing bay area. Like some guy's just like, we're ready. And he's like, okay. we'll be right there. And the scene ends. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Very weird. Yeah. Anyways, they they have there's like a big campfire. Uh, Tom Savini hits on the gaffer again, and she is not interested. Yeah. And doesn't matter except there's a great exchange where you know she's sort of rebuffing him and he says come on you don't have to be so unfriendly and she says no i don't have to be i want to be and i was like oh shit that's a good line (laughs) yeah it's great and then is this this is where we get to our uh porno night with the boys right well first is wait uh, by porno night do you mean like it's where the cameraman and the gaffer have sex Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're and they're filming it, uh-huh. and he's like directing them. And then it's so strange. I feel like you never see this in movies, but you can very clearly hear him like come. Yeah, and I was like, mm, it's, this is weird. It's, it's graphic, <laughs> and, and yeah, to, and they zoom in on her right. face as it's happening. And to be clear. <laughs> So we're now back down in the like the underground or whatever. So right, right. What's There's happening no one with the camera in the room? Right. What's happening now is the gaffer and the camera guy, you know, are having a private moment, or so they think, and they're being secretly filmed. Yeah. Um, we're not exactly sure at this point who knows about what's going on. Um, oh yeah. I thought that they both that both of them didn't know. I thought that they were both victims. Yeah um at this point yeah i didn't yeah it's so it's so interesting going back through with the context and remembering all these scenes right yeah but yeah then then it cuts to a shot of a jack-o'-lantern yes and is it halloween (laughs) or why is that there (laughs) i don't know i didn't even think about it that's a good question yeah but but here's where you're talking about it's porno and coke night with the boys yeah man it's uh yeah who who's who all is there it's the director and the actor and the camera guy and lobo right lobo i think yeah i don't think tom savini is there no i don't think so yeah Um, so you know they have a discussion about making movies um camera guy says you got to have a good chase at the ending and i was like i wonder what's gonna happen in this movie (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and then yeah (laughs) They offer him some coke, and he says he's never done any before. And then they have to explain to him how how to snort it. Uh huh. And I was like, I've never done coke before, but I feel like I could imagine how to. <laughs> you think you could just wing it? Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean, it's not. <laughs> I don't think it's that hard. Maybe there's like a trick to it or something. But... Yeah. I've never done coke before either, but like, I feel like I get the basic the basics of it, the basic mechanics. Yeah, you just got to get it up there somehow, <laughs> you know. <laughs> he also, boy, does he take to it. He show he has no reaction to the coke. Yeah, he just does and it. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. Ever, no. He does like three or four right in a row. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, and has no reaction of any kind. Yeah, yeah. All he is does is he's like, oh, it makes your nose cold. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's like, it's so weird to have a cold nose yeah what is it i mean yeah okay yeah so then what happens is the director is like hey do you guys want to um do you guys want to see a movie like i got this movie but it's you know it's only for certain kind of people Mm -hmm. something like that something along those lines 
he seems to be kind of trying to like warn them of whatever but they're all like yeah sure we, we're all film guys let's watch this weird film yeah um and so he puts it on the projector and you know cues it up and starts playing it. Mm-hmm. and it starts out looking like a kind of uh kinky like porno thing there's this woman and this guy in a big fucking ex uh, executioner's mask like shows mm-hmm. up and he's like shirtless and then he like ties her to this chair um yeah. but it slowly gets darker and he starts to like hurt her and cut her and she's struggling and yada yada and he ends up killing her yeah um and this is a, this was interesting to me because both lobo and the camera guy, our main character, mm-hmm. um, are very perturbed oh, by this. Shit! Very, very yeah, dis- wait a disturbed. <laughs> yeah, and they they're like they're absolutely certain that what they just watched was real, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. Well, yeah, that they just watched a movie. Yeah, that that makes no sense. That they would be like i don't get it <laughs> if i saw that i'd be like right away they're oh, like good effects <laughs> yeah i'd be like i mean that was kind of gross i'm not i don't get it but like whatever but these guys are like that girl died man mm-hmm. that was for real and i'm just like what wha- huh why why do you think that <laughs> yeah we just watched that movie so in dumb. this movie and we weren't like oh yeah. no <laughs> exactly i thought you were gonna yeah. say that it's it's so strange that lobo gets so upset because Spoiler alert, later he tries to kill someone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, maybe he's just putting on a face. I guess he was like, yeah, I guess he was like acting. <laughs> maybe he's also an actor. Yeah. But the the director ends up kind of, he's being like, would it disturb you if I told you that I made that movie? And the guys are like, and the director's like, uh, the, that girl was never harmed. She's fine. I made that movie when I was in film school, yeah. which I was like, okay, yep, that's a very film school movie to yep. make. Uh, Check. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the camera guy still doesn't fucking believe him. He's like, nah, man, that girl died. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's so stupid. Yeah. He, he's a real, uh, a real strange character, I feel like. I was surprised when he did the coke. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, he's a weird guy. I mean, you know, um, so is the director because then we have a scene of him like watching yeah. blank white projection coming out of the projector. Yeah, and then like yeah. the actress walks in and they have sort of a moment where she thinks this is she's in danger or something. Right. I don't even remember the content of this scene. All I wrote down was that the actress is having a rough time. Mm-hmm. Something's she's not having a good time, and they just like kind of chat about it for a sec. Yeah, and that's it. And then, and then, the director just kind of goes, "Would you like to have sex?" And she's like, oh, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." You mean with you or just in general? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I forgot about nice. that line. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a good burn. But they don't, and the scene ends. They sure don't, and then we move on. Yeah, camera guy finds some Polaroids of the girl who was auditioning that we saw earlier, and he also mm-hmm. saw. Mm-hmm. Um, this scene doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really have any reaction to it at all. Oh my god! Okay, yes, and good because we can get to the fucking craziest moment of the whole movie, where they're shooting a scene on some stairs, and this scene will come back a couple times. Oh yeah. But they're setting it up, 
and <laughs> the the director is like telling her the lines to say because it's going to be the woman running away from the man up the stairs because he has been possessed and that's what the movie within the movie is about i guess right yep. and the director's like you know just say like oh no don't how could you do that and maybe call him a bastard or something yeah and this really sets off the actor <laughs> <laughs> he takes like great umbrage with this yeah Mm-hmm. He he goes into a whole spiel of like, wait, what? My name's Barney, but you can call me Barney. You can call me Bernardo. You can call me the Barnacle, but don't you call me a bastard. Yeah, <laughs> and it, yeah. It goes he, on for like ten times as long as I just did. Yeah, I I was I I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh my god, it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's it's also just not important. Yeah, I don't have yeah. anything else written before we get to the the final scene. Yeah, let me see. What let else me even happens? Look real quick. Um, oh, the cameraman asks the gaffer to go away with him after the shoot, and she's like, "Why?" And he says, "I oh, want to make yeah. love by the ocean." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Isn't this also where aren't they? They're like shooting a film. They're shooting a scene or something, and Tom Savini just like uh, barges up the stairs for some reason. Oh, uh, no, that happened earlier. I do remember that. Oh, okay. <laughs> he just like busts yeah. him like, hey, everybody. And yeah. I'm like, all right, cut, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, great. Right. Okay, yeah. And then it, and then it's the last scene. Oh, I did I did take a note where, you know, the scene of them sort of romancing on the bed. The, the camera guy is wearing a leather jacket, and it is making a lot of noise that is being <laughs> it's picked noisy. up by whatever yep. mics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a noisy jacket. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, then cut to the next morning. Yeah. So there's like 20 minutes left in this movie. And so far, it's been moderately annoying and, and difficult to follow and not very good. But it's about to get real fucking good for about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I oh, yeah. really enjoyed this, this last part. Um, so... A director goes into cameraman's room and wakes him up, or somebody somebody wakes him up, and he's like, "Oh, it's so early. What's going on?" Yeah, and I like, think we gotta go director. shoot some shit. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they go out, um, and the director is like, uh, "Yeah." The director says, "I want to shoot some B roll to put over uh, to put the credits over, and the lighting is just right here in the morning. I I went and scouted it one time, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, you just have to go and shoot it." And the camera guy's like, oh, "Okay, fine." And who are the two guys he goes with? One of them's Lobo, and the other one is yeah. Who? It's it's Lobo and Tom Savini. He he sends him out with them. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he's like, while you're doing that, we'll get ready here. And I I knew sort of like what the premise of the movie was, so I was imagining he was sending him away so that he could like remove him from the situation, and it'd be easier to kill everyone else. Yep, yep. That's what but I that's too. not what ends up happening. It's mm-hmm. it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, they they drive out into the woods, him and Lobo and Tom Savini. They get out of the car, and right away I can see that Tom Savini has a rifle. Yep. And I was like, I was like, okay, why does he have that? But the camera guy doesn't notice it at all. He's just Mm -mm. like, all right, where are we going now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then I thought this was like a really sort of effectively creepy scene where, you know, they're all walking out, and then Tom Savini's like, oh, you guys go ahead, I have to pee. And they keep walking, but you can see him in the background of the shot, and he's not moving at all. He's just sort of leering at them. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know, very creepy, I thought. Yeah. And then, of course, he 
takes a shot. Takes a shot at our mm-hmm. uh, camera guy. Yeah. Um, and hit hit hits him. I think. Seemingly, from what we see later, he hits him in the heel. Yeah. Somehow knocks him over. He falls down. (laughs) It doesn't make a lot of sense, but okay. But that kicks it into high gear, and uh, you know, camera guy, he he immediately knows what's going on, Mm -hmm. uh, and he starts to run. Yeah, we get our our foretold chase scene. Yeah, there's also some great music in this sequence yeah I, I took that down very too bizarre like kind of music yeah. yeah at certain points it's sort of like sounds like a heartbeat and it's yeah. like getting faster and getting slower at certain times yeah. and yeah it's really cool and just all of a sudden the cinematography is just real great um <laughs> it's a lot of really intense like low angle close-ups on like you know he'll run and run and run and run and then kind of like fall to the ground and like get in like a little gully or something like that and kind of like breathe hard and stuff. And we get all these really cool low angle close-ups, and it's, just, it's, it's awesome. It's so good. Yeah. And, and sometimes it'll be like a handheld cam running after him. Yes. And then sometimes yeah. it'll be a steady shot, like of a larger portion of the woods and you'll see him travel through the frame. And it's kind mm-hmm. of cool that they mixed it up like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And mean, meanwhile, in here you get, you see him on sort of the blue tinted camera, which you have come to realize at this point is the, hidden cameras that the you know editing crew has set up around so even right you know when he's out of sight of savini and lobo he is still being watched by the larger snuff film crew right and then this is the part where we cut back to the director mm-hmm. who is along with the snuff guys in the little you know, basement wherever they are and kind of giving them instructions and then fucking celeste is there dude the gaffer yeah, who man. we all fuck? thought was it was a good twist it was a cool twist it was i did not see i think it's a thing yeah. that i have seen coming the least on any movie we've done for the show yeah yeah um and then it all sort of falls in place because you are like oh yeah she accidentally introduced herself as an actor at one point earlier we forgot to mention but the director accidentally refers to her as an actress in front of mm-hmm. camera guy and yeah. then like corrects himself and is like, oh, that blow is stronger than I thought or something. Yeah, yeah. And you're all like, okay, so she has been acting this whole time. Like, yeah, it all starts um, to make sense. Yeah, it's very cool. Mm-hmm. But and they have a line where like they, they say something like he wasn't supposed to get hurt. Yeah. And I guess that like a little yet, like maybe he was supposed to get to because he gets to a house next. And yeah. <laughs> I think something else has gone awry where there was supposed to be a guy in there waiting for him because you can hear them talking on a walkie-talkie but mm-hmm. there's no one there mm-hmm. and and camera guy hears the walkie-talkie and he sort of realizes what's going on i think right mm-hmm. and then the you know the guy comes back and he has a gun but he doesn't know that camera guy's there right he's hiding in a closet or something yeah yeah and he gets the drop on him and then like beats him to death with a fireplace poker yep and then I have uh, I have two notes right in a, a row where he he gets up to leave and I'm like get the gun dude yeah. And then he like sort of turns back and grabs the gun and gets some ammo from the corpse even. And I was like, yes. Yeah, he nailed it. Yeah. Um, did you notice uh, anything about the cabin? I did not. So this was where, and I thought this was really cool because they didn't like highlight it. But this was where the snuff film that they watched earlier was shot. Oh, shit. Really? The same tapestry. Oh, my God. I didn't even know. It's on one of the walls of the cabin. 
Whoa. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, because I was like, oh, is I that, that the? Because it just bit you barely see it. Yeah. At one point, um, and I was like, is that the <laughs> same tapestry that was it? Because there's this very distinctive, um, uh, like Native American style looking tapestry. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so cool. Yeah, I was like, awesome. okay, so that other film, that other film that we watched earlier, I guess was real. I guess that that chick really did die, probably in the same kind of circumstance that yeah. our main guy is finding himself in now. Man, I yeah. didn't even realize that. I love that little like detail like that. Yeah, it's cool. And yeah, and then we cut. This was kind of an odd addition to the film, I thought, where we cut back and we're shooting the scene, the stairway scene for the movie movie. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, ca- camera guy has sort of like run until he he collapses at a point. Um, so he's sort of like out right now. And then right. now we're in, in the house shooting the stairway scene that we rehearsed a million times earlier. And this time the actor guy actually starts attacking the actress with the razor. Yeah. And he's still being kind of goofy about it. Yeah. But um, you get the sense that they're going to kill her also. So Uh everyone is in on it except for the actress and the camera guy. Yes. Yeah. The actor is in on it and the gaffer is in on it. Yeah. Not is such a weird like selection of people to be not in on it. Yeah. And then um, I wasn't even really certain what happens right here. Uh, So, yeah, in like in the the scene of the movie, he would be attacking her with a fake razor. She would run up, grab a fake gun and shoot him fakely. Yeah. But both of these things have been replaced by real ones, which I think was sort of like a move that the director did. Okay. In order to be like, well, hey, you know, either she will die or he will die. And I don't really care which one. So he kind of like screwed over the actor guy here. Yeah. Which is how I read it kind of. Okay. Yeah. I buy that. Yeah. Because yeah. she shoots him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we never see her again. I, we I don't. No. That was the one thing that I was kind of curious about. I was like, I mean, ostensibly, maybe she just died from like, maybe she had lost a lot of blood or just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You get the feeling like they cleaned up the loose ends. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's nighttime now. A big light turns on to camera guy and wakes him up in the middle of the field that he's in. And this is, mm-hmm. this has like a very bizarre sort of feel to the scene because it is a big spotlight in the middle of like a grassy field. Yeah. I don't know. I just sort of appreciated the sort of like vibe that was going on there. Anyways, he walks in and I took a note. He walks in on the gaffer shooting the director with a fake gun. I bet, um, mm-hmm. which it wasn't even really a call at this point. Cause you know, she's in on it. Yeah. But, um, he doesn't know that. So he grabs her right. and starts to run away with her when right. Savini and Lobo pull back up and, camera guy just blows them away both at once (laughs) i guess it was a shotgun that he had or something because wow they fly it seemed like it yeah yeah i don't even remember what the yeah something crazy play out kind of goes on here he and the gaffer he drags the gaffer into the car and she says oh you really killed them yeah and that he says well they would have killed me and then she says it's just a movie this isn't in the script and I was like, so, so <laughs> what if now, now I'm considering this. What if she thought they were just making like a sort of like hidden camera movie and didn't know that it was mm-hmm. actually going to be involved people really dying or like, I, cause otherwise, what is this scene going on? Like what? Yeah. she just keeps saying, this isn't in the script. Yeah. And then he's like, what are you talking about? That's a good point. Maybe she's just freaking out because those two guys weren't supposed to get hurt like maybe no one you know no one on their team quote unquote was supposed to get hurt but that obviously went awry yeah 
I mean, could be. It could be that kind of thing where, like, the bully doesn't want to, you know, when you hurt the bully, they start crying or whatever, where she's yeah. like, oh, we weren't supposed to die. Yeah. But it's cool. It, it definitely at least poses the question of, like, to what degree are all these different players uh, in the know? Yeah. How much do they know? How how deeply are they involved? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, then the card just fucking blows up, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, that was really interesting. What what a strange it really ending! Caught me off guard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. And then the car blows up, and they both die. Mm-hmm. And then you know the director is alive. We get a shot, a blue tinted shot of the hidden camera, and he looks at it, and he's like, "Did you get it?" Yeah. And then it cuts to a marquee showing the name of the film, which is in theaters somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't know what kind of. I don't think theaters really play this kind of thing. Yeah. Probably not, but it's a cool visual. Yeah. So basically everybody except for the director is dead. Um, yeah. And the, all the dudes in the editing bay, I guess, yeah, are alive, probably. Dudes. Faceless drones. But yeah, anyone we saw do anything is dead. <laughs> so that's that. That is effects. Um, yeah. Final thoughts? I liked it. I mean, I, you know, I said before, the, the first... Two thirds, I guess, are a little frustrating. Yep. Just if you know what's gonna happen, or are you are expecting something to happen? But I, I, I enjoyed them sort of for what they were. I feel like all of the acting is is fine, and it's it's weird enough in certain ways too. Like all you know, the scenes with like watching the snuff film, or the scenes with you know the actor guy is especially a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, and then and then you know the final sequence is really great as we mentioned. So I liked it. What did you think? Yeah, it is the final scene is so good that it just kind of left me, I think, with a, a positive attitude about the movie. Um, nice. And I can I can recall you know not feeling great about it while I was watching the first part. And there's definitely some stuff that could be cut. There's they mm-hmm. could trim the fat a little bit. They can make yeah, it a little sure. more sleek. But the final sequence is just really great. It's really well done. Good, really cool music. Good cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So go check this one out. Recommended uh, on YouTube. That is effects uh, from either 1979 or 1980. <laughs> I think it lists 1980 on the upload. Yeah. So, so what do we got coming down the pipe next week? We are going to be talking about another uh, recommended short film from friend of the show, uh, Mr. Rick. Hey. As he is colloquially known among us and our friends. Thanks. Um, Thanks, Mr. Rick. Yeah. Recommended a film called Spider from 2007. Uh, a short yep. uh, made by, I think, Vice Shorts, it said. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so. Mr. Rick was um, a bit of a cinema guru to a lot of us in our friend group growing up so this recommendation yeah uh, means a lot and thanks for listening i was thinking that too like as as far as like influences on like you know movies and stuff that i watched he he was up there for sure yeah definitely so thanks mr rick yeah and uh everybody go watch watch spider uh it's from 2007 right yeah i believe i said that Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> Just <making sure. laughs> uh, thanks guys uh, we will see you next week make sure you uh, subscribe 
and give us like and ratings listen and, and share all the bullshits. Um, what do they say on YouTube now? It's like hit the bell so you'll always get notified whenever we have yeah. a new thing. Burr. Everybody switched to talking about the bell like yeah instantaneously. Uh, it was weird. I never want to get notified about any YouTube video ever. No. If I want to watch YouTube, I'll go not. to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Well, cool. Yeah. This is uh, uh okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, bye. <laughs> Time to murder all you as part of my secret snuff podcast. No!